On a busy construction site, large diesel-powered vehicles are delivering and moving materials all day. Aside from the loud noise, these vehicles also produce a lot of emissions. A recent report found that construction vehicles and machines are responsible for 1.1% of global emissions. As many in the construction industry push towards decarbonising, investment is being made into creating electrified construction vehicles. Which will turn a construction site from sounding like this to this. Not just sparing locals from a construction site's noise pollution, but also helping decarbonise a sector that causes significant emissions. Welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Johnny Dowling. And I'm Rian Owen. In this episode, we've partnered with Tarmac to find out how the first electric concrete mixer used in the UK was developed, and how the new technology performed when put to the test during a busy construction day. Tarmac are a materials company, but a big part of that business is moving those materials around. On the materials side, we move about uh, 45 million tonnes of product across rail and road on an annual basis, about 55 million kilometres. We have a mixture of own fleet and then 3PL and what we class as contract haulers, which would be smaller haulage operators. And again, a range of trucks varying from mixers to eight-wheel tippers to articulated tippers to tankers to general kind of haulage and, and curtain sizes. Graham Waters is the Director of Logistics for Tarmac UK. As part of Tarmac's goal to reach net zero, they set out to try and electrify their fleet of construction vehicles. And at the end of 2022, Tarmac put the UK's first electric concrete mixer to work on a construction site in Birmingham. But the work to make the moment happen began back in 2019 when Tarmac set up their innovation challenge. So they reached out to our suppliers and said, please come to us with your ideas on how to decarbonise parts of, of, of Tarmac's business. Ben Garner is a senior manager for logistics development at Tarmac. One area they'd been looking at decarbonising was their construction vehicles. We operate in a lot of urban areas. There's an awful lot of clean air zones around the country. I think I heard a stat that 30% of the UK population live in a town or a city with a with a low um, emission zone. The first zero emission zone was announced last year in Oxford. And we look at our customer demand and some of our customers have been really specific about when they want to only receive zero emission vehicles. National highways, for example, have said that by 2040, they will only accept zero emission trucks. So what that says to us at Tarmac is that by the early 2030s, we won't be able to buy another internal combustion engine vehicle because we will need to start switching our fleet out to zero emission vehicles to meet our customer, customer demand. And when the innovation challenge was launched, one construction vehicle manufacturer took notice. When Tarmac uh, created their innovation challenge back in 2019, we were very keen to explore this. So it was, it was a sort of a natural 
exploratory project at that point. Andrew Scott is the head of electric mobility and product development at Renault Trucks. As part of the proposal for the e-mixer, Renault Trucks bought in TVS Interfleet. Renault Trucks was going to design the chassis and TVS Interfleet would create the electric mixer. The reality is that, that we have had a long-standing relationship with, with both companies on the diesel front. When Tarmac launched their innovation challenge, by coincidence, TVS had started thinking about electric developments and had made a funding bid to the Scottish government for some support. So we brought the three parties together really and said, well, actually we can join all of these things together because unless you have all of that expertise and you have a customer who wants to make it work, then, then you're going to struggle with any new concept. With the three companies on the same page about having an e-mixer ready to be used by the end of 2022, the work on creating it could begin. You're taking the internal combustion engine and, and, and effectively, if you're not careful, throwing it in the bin. And an awful lot of the, the development and kind of, you know, 100 and whatever years of experience um, you're throwing that away. And actually, I think it's fair to say we didn't necessarily expect the likes of Renault and TVS to come up with such a suitable solution for us in 2022 when we, when we introduced the truck. When Renault Trucks began work on the chassis, they knew they wanted to stay close to the existing diesel mixer's design. The idea that we can electrify a concrete mixer obviously is a very exciting one. Um, but actually, from an engineering point of view, it's no different to any other vehicle. We, we have to look at the application. We have to look at the energy draw. We have deliberately taken the diesel product and, and replaced the, the diesel driveline with, with an electric driveline. So that the fundamentals of the product are, are almost exactly the same. And, and we, we make a virtue of that because the, the reality is that operators don't want to introduce risk to their business that, that they absolutely don't have to. And what we've done in this case, we've, we've taken the, the, the chassis, the, the batteries are fairly substantial as you would expect. So the, the biggest batteries that we've been able to install at this point are four 66 kilowatt batteries, giving a total usable, a total installed power really of 265 kilowatts. That works through two motors into a two-speed gearbox and then using a, a conventional driveline. So we're trying to make it as, as familiar as possible. But while Renault trucks relied on the traditional diesel mixer for their chassis, when it came to designing the mixer itself, TVS started from scratch. The first thing we sort of did with the project was to, to, to go out with an ICE. We, we fitted some data loggers onto them ICE. That's internal combustion engine. To try and start to understand things like the mileage that the, the end user was actually doing per day, what loads they were carrying. We, we didn't want to over-engineer something and we didn't want to make it so that it was actually wasn't going to be able to do what it needed to do. Vito Ronzano is the industrial design director for TVS Interfleet. They started by looking at Tarmac's existing mixers to make sure their electric mixer could meet the requirements. Tarmac needed the e-mixer to be able to deliver between five and six concrete loads a day to site. To ensure the battery could manage that range meant the power draw from the mixer had to be as efficient as possible. We accommodated TVS on installing some 
uh, some sensors on one of our vehicles based in Coventry, I believe, and they gathered some real world data over uh, over the Christmas period in January of 2021 and 2022. So they got some real world data on energy draw that they were then able to put into a model to say, you know, tick, yes, we think that we can we can deliver a vehicle that will do everything that, that Tarmac needed to do. When moving from a diesel powered to electric truck, every use of energy had to be looked at to optimise for efficiency. Operators had just taken for granted the technology and, and in truth whether whether they just had to put more diesel in to, to extend the operating range of, of the vehicle or the, the fundamentals of how the, the, the body consumed its its energy was not considered. And and this is this is part of the exercise that, that has been so sort of enlightening. And the information TVS found about the mixer's performance was kind of a shock to Tarmac. Yeah, we, we were hugely surprised. And actually, if you look at construction, construction materials, vehicles, if you look at our tipper trucks, if you look at our mixer trucks, they haven't changed since the 1990s. I have Googled it. I have, <laughs> I have seen photos of all the vehicles. I have chatted to people that have been in the business for that period, and there really hasn't been that much change. So, so yeah, we, in, in one way, it was surprising to see how much energy actually they could save from automating part of the process. But in another angle, given the lack of lack of evolution over the last three decades or so, um, actually, in hindsight, it probably shouldn't have been that surprising to us. The part of the process where the biggest energy savings could be made is the speed the mixer is turning. Most diesel mixers have their speed set by a manually controlled lever. You control that speed of that drum. You don't actually necessarily know what speed you're doing. You, you just kind of do it to what you think it's going at. Normally, it's fully open. To, when, when they want to spin it fast, they just fully open it to the maximum RPM and they fully close it and then they fully open it. And then when they drive and they have it, God knows where. So it sort of ends up um, very much to that driver's discretion. TVS used this data to create an electric control system that can set the RPM of the mixer to a far more efficient speed. The controls have settings for when the mix is loaded, when it's being transported and when it's waiting on site. So it, it, once it starts doing its thing, it, it just does, you, you press that button and bomb, off it goes, it does what it needs uh, and it will give you the best, the best efficiency that, 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 that you can get. Traditional mixers with inaccurate controls don't always get concrete to site in the optimal condition. The more you mix the concrete, the higher aeration you get in the concrete and on, upon delivery, they actually don't want that. So even more sensors are being added to the mixers so they can get a better understanding of the condition of the concrete inside. Yes, yeah, so we've got some hydraulic pressure sensors, we've got some temperature sensors. We're starting to really learn and trying to learn as much about, about the concrete and what that concrete is doing. The automated control over the mixer and the data being collected give the e-mixer two huge benefits. The first one being safety. So we want our drivers to have as i guess as kind of a stress-free distraction-free environment as, as they can possibly possibly have um for, for obviously for safety reasons so having to control the drum spin be aware of the drum spin and everything else while they're driving along is is ultimately a distraction but it's a distraction that every single kind of ready mix driver has had for you know since time 
The second one from our perspective and from our customers' perspective is the direction that TVS want to go in is to be able to effectively guarantee us the, the condition, the quality of the concrete that we deliver to, to our customers. The, the quality of the concrete that you're going to deliver with an electric mixer is probably going to be higher than you would traditionally with, with a diesel mixer. And that's opening up a lot of uh, future opportunities in terms of, of traceability of quality and all of the challenges that, that come in, in the construction sector about the integrity of, of the materials that, that are actually used for all of these projects. So very, very exciting learning. It wasn't just with the mixing barrel. Vito and his team also reinvented the design of the traditional mixers in another way. So the water tank, we, we like I said, we 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 looked at we looked at the water tank, and I just said, "Why do we fit it? Why why is it fitted high?" And it was it's always been like that. I said, "Well, yeah, it has, but you know, you stick in three to five hundred liters up, up up at the top of the vehicle, which is sloshing around constantly." So I sort of said, "Well, what if we put it down and?" Oh, that's going to look out of place and that's going to look strange. And it's like, it's, yeah, but we're going to try and change the look of it anyway. So let's let's give it a go. By using an electric pump rather than the gearbox driving the pump, they were able to make further energy savings. They were also able to add sensors to track how much water was actually being used. So, you know, they, they might have a 300 litre water tank uh, and only actually use 100 litres a day, and they're carrying 200 litres of additional water. We we can track that. We can we can we can start to say go back to the time I can say, look, your guys are not actually using as much water as you think. Let's let's look at how how we can adapt that going forward, and and um, and you know try and give you a bit more payload, or or, or just make you make your vehicle a little bit lighter. But more than the reduced weight or slight energy savings. Moving the water tank improves the safety of the mixer. If you look at any mixer truck that's been built in the last 30 years, the water tank's put up as high as possible. So you have an unstable load in a drum that's spinning round. You have a water tank that's sloshing around and it's at the highest point of the vehicle. It just seems so so much common sense to put it on the, on the vehicle body itself, doesn't it? To drop it down onto the chassis. And, and that's what TVS have done. By late 2022, a safer, more efficient and cleaner concrete mixer was out on the roads, being put to the test on a tarmac worksite. Well, we've put it in Washwood Heath, so it's you know near the centre of Birmingham. It can do a load of deliveries out into the local market. The average mileage, I think, is five to six miles one way for, for an urban mixer. So we can do five or six deliveries a day on a single charge. With the current limitations on the range the vehicles can travel, the e-mixer isn't suitable for rural work, but it is perfectly suited to doing work in urban environments, particularly as they didn't need any on-site charging. We decided that with this particular truck, we didn't need that kind of 72 miles range and kind of being able to do five or six lows based on where we've, we've placed the vehicle. Um, we don't need to charge it fast. Uh, we can charge it slowly overnight and, and kind of operate it that way. And since 2018, Tarmac have used electricity from 100% renewable energy sources. The e-mixer is charged with a guaranteed 100% renew renewable electricity. We also have uh, Washwood Heath a uh, series of solar panels on top of the plant. So, yeah, in theory, it's powered by the, uh, the famous Birmingham sunshine. 
And one big benefit the e-mixer has over the diesel mixer when it comes to working in cities is the noise difference. So earlier this week, we had our logistics conference. Renault were kind enough to, to allow us to do it in their building. And they have a, uh, a, an atrium area next door to the speaking area. And while we were doing one of the speeches, they actually brought the e-mixer in. And so when everyone went out for their tea and coffee, this mixer truck had appeared. And none of them had heard, had heard it. Even though the door was open, none of them had realised this truck had driven in because it, it is absolutely silent. And having quieter vehicles on construction sites doesn't just benefit the people living nearby. It is also hugely appreciated by those operating the vehicle. You know, if you sit on top of a diesel engine for, for a full shift, you, you come out of that vehicle tired and, and potentially irritated by the, the noise and the vibration. One of the significant things that drivers have told us is just how much more refreshed they feel at the end of the day. So we've talked to a number of fleet operators who are very excited by the opportunity that Electric offers to attract people into the industry and particularly women into the industry. There's a huge number of added benefits from the, from the quietness, the lack of vibration. We've partnered with a guy called Michael Henry, who runs his own haulage business. So the reason we've done that is we've chosen a guy that's, that's pretty forward thinking. He's not afraid of giving us his genuine opinion. Feedback from the first few days of operation were, uh, and, and direct quote, it's magic. Um, he, he really, really enjoys it. And, and so do the guys that drive for him. And it's not just through electrifying their construction vehicles that Tarmac is trying to reduce their transport emissions. They are also finding ways to reduce emissions through their logistics. As an example, we've started to move a lot more of our product on articulated trailers as opposed to eight-wheel rigids. So that gives us an increased capacity on the vehicle. So we move from kind of 19, 20 tonnes to 27, 28 tonnes of product therefore effectively reducing a third of your, of your movements. Another way of reducing the number of construction vehicles on the roads has been to take more of the material by rail. And we've successfully moved from about 500,000 tonne of product that was moved by road in 2016 that could have been moved by rail down to 80,000 tonne. And Tarmac are looking at making use of all the data they now have access to through implementing a route planning optimization tool. We have to deal with masses and masses of data and orders that come in from customers, look at where we have our sites, and rather than us planning from A to B and back to A, we'll go from A to B to C to D to E to back to, and back to A. So you'll see that much more kind of web of planning. In the process of creating the electric mixer, not only have Tarmac, TVS and Renault trucks created a first-of-its-kind green construction vehicle, they have also made the concrete mixer safer, quieter, more energy efficient and with greater control over the load being transported. But there are still a couple of obstacles in the way of the e-mixers being rolled out across the entire industry. First, there is the range of mixers. And second, is charging infrastructure. On the issue of range, Ben thinks it's just a matter of waiting a few years for the battery technology to reach the required level. Renault have got new battery technology coming onto the market. It's coming on in 2023. It'll double the range of the e-mixer. 
for the same amount of weight, the same amount of uh, the same kind of space taken up by batteries. So it'll actually double the range. So if you look at advances in battery technology, I think it's I think I'm right in saying it doubles every two or three years at the moment. So you can see that by the end of you know the late 2020s, by the end of the decade, you'll be there or thereabouts for pretty much all applications of of heavy goods vehicles. But on the issue of charging infrastructure, Ben says there's still a lot to be done. If you can't get power to a site to build your charging infrastructure or you don't have the space to build charging infrastructure, then you have a problem. And that is the biggest problem affecting kind of wide, widespread scaling of, of electrification, of mobility anywhere, anywhere kind of across the UK. As far as I'm aware of, there's no public HGV charging facility anywhere in the UK at the moment. And while cost may still be a prohibitor for some companies to electrify their fleets, Graham believes that it's already becoming much less of a barrier. I think the cost is still an issue, but it's more of an upfront cost than than the life of the truck cost. So over the life of the truck, we expect it to be broadly cost neutral. Um, But again, as as we kind of progress down the line of electric trucks, the, the costs are coming down and coming down and coming down. But all of them know that this is just the start of their journey in electrifying construction vehicles. If we go back even 18 months, the technology and the the engineering has advanced so much in that time that people now have the confidence to go, actually, this works for us. The technology is there. You know, we look at an Arctic. There are articulated electric trucks at the moment. Um, The trailer tends to be a tipping trailer. So, So the technology is there and available. So yeah, so that's the, uh, they're the they're the conversations that we're starting now. In terms of new projects, actually, there there is a way we could we could completely decarbonize many big construction fleets today. We've seen some of the big names in in the retail sector for say, for example say right we're going to replace our diesel vans by electric by 2028. I think one or two organisations will make some quite ambitious statements quite soon about the decarbonising of their fleets. So if we look at it and say, right, we're not going to buy another one of these dirty gas guzzlers past 2030, 2031, 2032, whenever it is, well, actually, that's really not that far away. That's that's not that far away to completely reinvent mobility. So we really need to start thinking about it now. We really need to start looking at these first-of-a-kind vehicles, but not just these first-of-a-kind vehicles. It's how we bring on not just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. How we how we electrify a full site. That's where we're going to to take the learnings and be able to to kind of take them and then effectively uh, effectively scale electric mobility across um, eventually two and a half thousand tarmac vehicles and goodness knows how many other vehicles in construction materials and 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 kind of across the whole logistics sector. Engineering Matters is a production of Rebe Media. This episode was written and produced by me, Johnny Dowling, and hosted by me and Rian Owen. Editing by Will North and series supervision by John Young. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson and our own electric drivetrain is Rory Harris. Special thanks to our episode partner, Tarmac, and thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.com. 
on Twitter and on LinkedIn.